Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's message was given by First Pres Interim Senior Pastor, Reverend Dr. Tassie Green. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11 which you can find in the New Testament section of your pew Bibles, beginning on page 58 or on screen. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Creator God, you hear everything. You hear the rush of the wind through the trees. You hear a baby's first cry. You hear the crickets chirping or silent prayers and laughter around tables. You hear it all. We don't need that same capacity, but we do need you to hear, we do need to hear your word, O Lord, for we cannot live on bread alone. So today we pray, give us the ability to truly listen. Give us the ability to listen with our hearts, and may the truths revealed in your scripture today change us. With hearts full of gratitude, we pray. Amen. Luke 5, verse 1. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but we have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats, so they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, he le- they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This Lent, we're focusing on the life and faith of one of Jesus' most trusted and perhaps troubled disciples, Peter. Why follow the life of Peter during Lent? Well, the subtitle says it all to me. It's figuring out faith with Peter. So as as Peter follows Jesus throughout their three years and to the cross, we follow along. In Peter, we see a person who's both steadfast and unsteady, a dear friend and a betrayer, a follower and a wanderer. In Peter, we often see ourselves. By following Jesus' story, we watch the story of Jesus unfold through the eyes of a very normal human trying to figure it all out, just like us. So says Reverend Liesel Gwyngarity, and you'll find passages like that in your devotional, so I encourage you to pick one up. Our focus for today is that no matter Peter's previous failures or experiences, Jesus can use Peter, and Jesus can use you. Peter's discipleship journey can prove, provide a mirror for our own, 
We can learn from Peter, but mostly we watch the story of Jesus unfold through Peter's eyes in the Gospels. Like Peter, we're invited to bring the best and worst parts of ourselves to God. Now, sometimes we forget as we skip and bounce through the Gospels the time order. This seems like the first time they all meet Jesus and off they go with Jesus. But Peter actually met Jesus earlier in the Gospels with his brother Andrew. It's actually right after John baptizes Jesus. We hear about it in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The next day, this is John the Baptist, again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here's the Lamb of God. And his two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Anointed One. So Andrew brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. It's so interesting to me that when Jesus meets Simon for the very first time, Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter. But had it really taken hold yet, this new identity? Jesus didn't explain to Peter his meaning or his purpose. That comes later at Caesarea Philippi. That's in Matthew 16. He didn't explain to Peter his why. It just seemed all so surprising, so startling. But it wasn't entirely out of the blue. Just before this passage, today we read in Luke 5, at the end of Luke 4, Jesus has healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So that means Jesus has been to his house. We might ask, though, if if Simon Peter has already witnessed one miracle of healing, when Jesus asks him to go out in the boat and take down his nets, let down his nets, Why is Peter hesitant? Why doesn't he just say, yes, sir, and jump to it? And why does it take him a while to decide what he'll do next? Perhaps witnessing the second miracle is why Peter becomes willing to drop everything and follow Jesus. For some of us, it doesn't happen all at once. So during Lent, we want to challenge one another to enter into Peter's story during Lent, What do you imagine about Peter's faith story? What are his daily challenges? What are his impressions of Jesus? What does it take to get his attention enough to drop everything? These are great questions to think about, to pray about as you read scripture. Here in chapter 5, we see the turning point. But first, before Peter drops everything, he experiences a dramatic work of the Spirit. Let's think about it here, about Simon Peter, to understand his encounter with Jesus. Gene Getz in the book The Apostles says that Simon was perhaps the foreman of Zebedee's fishing company, along with Andrew and Zebedee's sons, James and John, so four of the disciples together. Simon was used to telling the crew what to do, yet they were all still under the control of the Roman government, so they were facing oppression, There were taxes and harsh rental and harbor fees for them as fishermen. So it was actually a brave act for Simon to say that Jesus can use his boat as a pulpit. 
But then once Jesus is done with his message, the boat reverts to being a fishing boat, Simon's business. And so here's the conflict, because Peter questions Jesus' command. Jesus is now meddling with Simon's job, the thing Simon knows how to do best. Simon Peter is used to being the master in control of the boat when the nets are down. But Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh, you can't keep me out of your daily life. Jesus dares to tell Simon the fisherman how to fish. I wish we could see Simon's face at that moment. And then a few minutes later, as this tremendous catch unfolds, as it begins, and Peter realizes that Jesus doesn't even have to know how to fish to bring fish in. Jesus is Lord of all creation. Then I wish we could see Peter's face again. This is artwork from your devotional that you can pick up. It's called River of Grace by Liesl Gwyn Garrity. She writes this, With this backstory in mind, we may hear Peter's response to the abundant catch of fish. There are so many messages within his protest. God, I'm not prepared. I'm not capable. I'm not deserving. I'm not faithful enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not the type you're looking for. Jesus, go away from me, for I'm a sinful man. Have you ever found yourself saying any of those things? In this image, the nets are bursting with fish, and they transform into a river of grace. They pour into Peter's hands, but he can't quite yet grasp the fullness of this gift or his calling. So most of the grace rushes right on by, but if you look at it more closely in your devotional, his finger gets caught in the net. Some of it sticks with him, and he is caught up in Jesus' story. In this story, Peter encounters Jesus' rule and authority, and it doesn't stay neatly confined to when Jesus was teaching the crowd before as a preacher. Jesus' words of power can overflow into our workaday lives. And Simon discovers for himself who Jesus is, Lord of over all creation, And not just Peter, his whole fishing crew discovers this. As it says in Luke 5, the scripture says, when they had done this, when they rowed out, they caught so many, oh, uh, Peter caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Think about that. If you were a fisherman in another boat called in to help with this amazing catch, what would you think or feel? What were the stories that you would tell? And if you were someone in the crowd watching, what might you think or feel? And how did the stories travel up and down the shores of the lake and beyond? That great big catch. Jesus impacts not only Peter, but all of them. But definitely Peter. Peter is struck with fear, and he's unembarrassed before the rest. He falls at Jesus' feet. He falls to his knees. He says, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinner. That's pretty dramatic. That's a big response. We'll see as we unfold the scriptures that Peter is pretty big in all his responses. He falls to his knees and confesses. 
Now, I've learned in studying history that after the Watergate scandal in 1972, when Richard Nixon was caught with his hand in the cookie jar, you might say, those closest to him urged him to confess his wrongdoing publicly, to ask the American people for forgiveness. And though he knelt in prayer on one occasion, he wept over the embarrassing situation. I understand he couldn't quite bring himself to confess, to truly confess wrongdoing. He resigned. But Peter does all those things in an instant when faced with his Lord Jesus. We sung parts of the hymn and the chorus today from Come Thou Fount of Many Blessings, which is the theme of this series where our title comes, Wandering Heart. And today's passage comes from this verse. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. He rescued me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Jesus sought Peter out. Peter does confess here that he has been wandering. He falls to his knees. He confesses his sinfulness in front of everybody. Full stop. But Peter's sinfulness doesn't even phase Jesus or stop Jesus from continuing to seek him out, to work with him. I saw a thing on the internet this week that said, when Jesus called you, he already knew how stupid you could be. He took it into account. Jesus invites Peter with confidence. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. No matter Peter's previous failures or experiences, Jesus can use Peter, and Jesus can use you. So we'll think about some questions in this week as you pray over this passage, as you pick up the devotional, as you meditate with your small groups. This story shows us this dramatic turning point for Peter. He'll leave his home, his business, his way of life to follow Jesus into a new calling. I'm wondering, if you turn to someone next to you, I'm going to have you do what I call turn and buzz. And if you're not near somebody, you might scooch over and ask a few questions. You can answer any one of these questions that are on the screen. Have you ever had to pivot in your life to follow a new calling? Were there any nets that you had to leave behind? Or you wonder if Jesus is asking you about leaving some nets behind? How has that new path unfolded, or how might it? Have you noticed God in the story? Turn to someone near you and talk about this for the next few minutes. And if you're just getting started, then I invite you to try to seek one another out at a coffee hour or perhaps arrange a lunch and hear more about one another's stories. So Jesus and Peter have this conversation. In seeing the canyon between his own sinful ways and Jesus' power and authority, Peter's heart is split open. He is undone. This lays the groundwork for all that will come after this. And when the amazing, loving one invites Simon Peter to drop everything and follow him, Peter does, and so do others, the rest of his fishing crew, Andrew and James and John. That's the brilliance of Jesus calling all these disciples together. They already were a team with Peter in the lead. The structure was in place for Peter to guide them to call the shots. They all fished for Zebedee, 
Peter was the foreman. Simon Peter was already used to leading, and they were used to following. And that whole structure just fits right into place in God's plan. So the disciples follow Peter, and they follow Jesus together for the next three years. They follow Peter beyond as they form Jesus' church, and so can we. Peter is a great example of the promises in Philippians 1.6. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Because no matter Peter's previous failures or experiences, Jesus can use Peter and Jesus can use you. That's why all during Lent, we'll walk alongside Peter, glimpsing Jesus through his eyes. When we allow ourselves to be afraid and vulnerable, God's love washes over us too, over our wandering hearts with a river of grace. This Lent, let's join with Peter in figuring out faith in Jesus. Amen.